Welcome to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. Be sure to stay tuned to the end of the show to hear how you can get a copy of this program and other helpful documents. And now it's time for Carrie McCoy to get all up in your business. Thank you, Tim. Like Tim said, I'm Carrie McCoy, and it's time for me to get up in your business. Get ready to have some listening fun today because Pool Boy is in the house. What's up? Yes, my guest is local celebrity Pool Boy from the Ugh, Heather. You're using the term celebrity real fast and loose there. I am not <laughs> I, a celebrity. I am not. Uh-oh. Celebrities don't have two and three and four jobs, but they have two names, which you have. Some do, mm-hmm. unless you're Cher mm-hmm. or Madonna. Don't start critiquing. Yeah, right. <laughs> they actually have two names probably too, but don't start critiquing me already. He's already on me because, you know, he's a radio show host. He's going to come in here and tell me everything I'm doing right and everything I'm doing Absolutely wrong. Absolutely not. Oh, you do it. You do it the way you want to do it. That's what I've learned. I'm going to get advice from you today because this is a business advice show. Okay. So you are in the business. I can tell you what not to do. I can. I can definitely do that. Uh oh, that's going to be like everything I do. You're going to go, don't do that. Okay, don't do that. Oh, don't do that. So, anyway, my not celebrity pool boy from the Heather and Pool Boy radio show is on today. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. This is fun. It's nice to be able to sit back and not be the guy pressing the buttons and just getting to sit back and talk. This is great. You are going to have fun. I cannot be as good as Heather, though. But I'm going to try. She's oh. awesome. I listen to her. She's just charming. She's great. She is uh, a, an amazing co-host. We've been together, uh, working together now for 13 years. No. She's been there 18 years. Um, so I'm I'm very blessed to get to work with her. We have a really good chemistry. And uh, it just, it makes my mornings fun. It's, I mean, I look forward to going to work. You should. Yeah, you should. You should look forward to go to work. If you so- don't, quit. Oh, that is so true. I had to recently put together a grant for the Dreamland Ballroom. And you have to do all this reading and writing and research. And I hired somebody to help me because I just could not do it. It was so awful. I thought (laughs) when it was finally over with and we mailed it off that night, I woke up the next day and thought, this must be what it's like to go to work every day at a job you don't like that Mm -hmm. you're not good at. Because I am not good at writing grants. I was not good at doing the reading and the research and the writing of that grant. And it was grueling. I will say this. I I know I said, if you don't like your job, quit. Um, Quit once you find another job. Let's say there has been multiple times in my life I've wanted to quit a job I was at. But I would not quit that job until I had the other job, you know, lined up. Uh, But then I would be ready to quit. Um, I just... You know, I was, when I got into radio, I was also bartending at the same time. And I continued to do that for years after I got into radio because, I mean, radio is, I mean, it can change. I mean, things can happen or maybe I wouldn't like it or whatever. So I was not able to uh, let go of that one job until I felt secure in the next job. I've always had two and three jobs, you know, for as long as I can remember. I think every great entrepreneur and successful person does. I like to stay busy. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, that's, a, that's a lot of it. So, Hard yeah. worker. Um, sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think successful. The lady was on last week, Robbie Davis from Robbie Davis Insurance Agency. She said, there's no great, you know, mystery to success. It's just working hard. That's it. Yeah. I mean, it really is. If you're laying on the couch, you're not going to get the job you may want. That's, that's right. It's that's pretty right. simple. All right. Let me introduce you a little bit and tell people a little bit about you. Okay. 
You are the person that we all know and love. You're a pool boy from the Heather and Pool Boy Morning Show mm-hmm. on Alice 107.7 yep. in Little Rock, Arkansas, for those of you that aren't in Little Rock. And you are so genuinely fun and infectious that both the Arkansas Times and the Arkansas Democrat Gazette has voted you the best personality radio. That's right. Um, it's That's awesome. That That is amazing. Um, you know, you can read... Um, you know, stats and, and whatever, um, about, you know, how your radio station is performing. Uh, but it's awards like that, that, uh, the public, the community votes on, um, that kind of lets you know how you're doing and how, uh, you, well you're liked. And so to get, um, those kind of accolades means so much more than, you know, getting, you know, maybe a rating from a rating book or, or something like that, because people took the time to, you know, fill out that form to say, oh, Heather and Poolboy Show is is my favorite. Love listening to them. Thriller Thursdays is awesome. Uh, whatever. That means that means a lot. So that, that that is really, really, really cool. You also boast that you can eat four and a half hot dogs in seven minutes, that you once drank a half gallon of eggnog in 30 seconds, and that you are a two-time winner of the Make-A-Wish Found foundation lip sync battle <laughs> correct yeah i mean look you guys asked for this stuff uh so i so i gave it to you um <laughs> and I, I just try to come up with things that that i have done yeah i entered a hot dog eating contest uh one year uh in honor of the fourth of july nathan's hot dog eating contest they do in coney island and because uh, i thought that i could do something at, but no i mean but four and a half i thought was a pretty dang good i mean that's you are not kidding that's uh, can you eat them still or are you sick of hot dogs i'm after? sick of hot I, i'll i very rarely touch eggnog again after that within like <laughs> i'm not no lie within like 15 minutes of doing that you threw I up would, yes from <laughs> both ends i mean it was it was it was horrible and for not not just like once i mean it was all oh. it was all day it was an all day thing i mean all ruined myself long. yeah lionel richie style all night long it was uh it was awful it was a rough two days after that uh there's just some things that aren't worth it uh no. let's say you're in arkansas you're in arkansas through and through having graduated from catholic high in little rock university right. of arkansas in fable with mm-hmm. a ba in communications and then Tell me if I'm right. Fresh out of college, you applied for an internship at Alice 107 and was hired. Nah, it was it was it was after that. Um, I did KXUA radio in Fayetteville, um, and then I, I didn't really do anything with radio after that. I got out. Um, I was a kid with twenty seven thousand dollars worth of student debt, oh. uh, and which, by the way, I'm three thousand dollars away from paying this thing off. Everybody, give him a round of applause. That's a big Hold deal. Up. I graduated in two thousand one. That's. How old are you? In your late thirties? I'm 38 years old. That's exactly when my husband paid off his late thirties. I am. I'm almost there, but I paid them the bare minimum I could pay them every month for this long. Uh, So I'm almost there. And so it's it's pretty exciting. But yeah, so graduated from there. I didn't do anything with radio. Uh, Went into uh, property management and some real estate there for a while. Then um, I figured out that that's not really what I wanted to do. It was... um, I wasn't loving it. I wasn't happy. And mm-hmm. so I came uh, to a buddy of mine who opened a bar and I was like, I need a job. And so I started bartending. Um, uh, the girl I bartended with had a roommate and she sent my application into the radio station. She to 107? Yeah. She obviously wanted better for me than to be a bartender. And so. Uh, Aww. Uh, <laughs> no, it was good. It's it cool. is good. It's cool. No, absolutely. It's totally cool. And uh, they um, they ended up hiring me, and it was for a part time producer position, and that's how I got my start. And I just I, I worked year after year. I did anything that anybody would ever ask of me. Um, I accepted 
uh, you know, little jobs here and there around the radio station that weren't necessarily in my wheelhouse, but I learned to do them. I was always willing to learn from somebody else that was around there, make myself more valuable. The more skills that I could pick up around the radio station, uh, I felt the better from running the board to, um, you know, working the front desk to, you know, going on a sales call to, you know, whatever it was, um, I was willing to learn because I just felt that the more knowledge I had, the more valuable I became to the, to the company. Harder for them to fire me if I knew more stuff. I hate it when someone says that's not in my job description. I'm like, well, you're about to not even have a job. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so, um, so I just, I hung around, I hung around, I hung around. Made and, yourself invaluable. And I, and I did. And I got, it was probably three years down the road when I got my first real contract. It, was, it wasn't much, but it was a contract. And, um, I just, I kept at it. I kept at it. And here it is 13 years later. And I have my name on the morning show, uh, with a wonderful co-host and, um, we're having an amazing time. So I remember actually when you first went on Alice and I remember when you were just a part-time guy that Mm -hmm. would come on sometimes and they, they do live remotes with you from places. And frankly, I just thought, wow, that guy is such a playboy. (laughs) I think you were maybe back then. You're a married man now. We'll talk about that. Yep, sure. Uh, uh, but DC Lift, who did. was it was the Heather and DC show mm-hmm. originally, and then you had just made yourself so invaluable that DC Lift, and they were like, "Come on, move on up the ladder, keep moving." It turned it. Um, yeah, I mean, talk about right place, the right time. Um, me being familiar with the audience, um, I think helped, and and uh, of course played a role in that. And um, you know, it was a it was a real it was a real blow. Um, but what was a blow? Well, just the, the mix up, the change up, whatever what was going on. And then everything just, you know, just, it changed. Um, and you know, we were kind of in limbo of what was going to happen next. And so, but I was able to, to, to jump in and fill the shoes for the time being. And, and luckily it worked out. And uh, Heather and I have a chemistry. And oh, so, so you just kind of went in as a, to fill the shoes while they looked for somebody else. Yeah, that was you know, kind of. And they're the, like, why are we looking for somebody else? He's so good. Let's just keep him. Sure. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And I was willing to do it for peanuts. <laughs> Sometimes you have to start there, but that's, you're not willing to do it for peanuts anymore. That's right. That's right. That's what you, that's the way you have to start out sometimes though, is you sure. kind of have, uh, sometimes I hear people say, well, I'm not taking that job because, you know, I'm a college graduate and I should be making more than that. And I'm not going to take that job. And I think, and, and I think get your foot in the door. Right. Always just get your foot in the door. Who's the man that owns Brookhouse? Um, Warren Buffett. Mm-hmm. Warren Buffett gave this speech to Harvard. I was watching it one time and it was a bunch of MBA students from Harvard. And they said, how should we get jobs after we graduate from Harvard? And he said, I would recommend finding the company you want to work for rather than going out and finding the job that pays you the much money, but find the company that fits your personality, mm-hmm. go to that company, get a job. He said, even if it means sweeping the floors at that company and start working really, really hard until they find out what a star you are and you will move up the ladder there. Agreed. I thought that was great advice. I don't yeah. think that always people do it that way. They're, they come out kind of, and they let their ego get in the way and they're like, I'm not going to take a $8 an hour job. Yeah. I'm worth more than that. Yeah. But you know, I, I knew that going into the situation, I was not seasoned. I, you know, I'd never hosted a, you know, a full morning show, you know, before, um, I was you know, 
relatively new to everything. And, um, but I was, you know, I was willing to, to do whatever I had to do to, to, to do the, to do the job. And, um, and I was willing to prove myself. I was, I knew that I had it in me. I knew that I could do good things with the opportunity. And so I did. So I just took it and took you're it one of the few it. people I know that actually went to school and got a degree in something that they're doing as a career later. Well, you know, I didn't start out doing it that way. You know, I chose communications because it was easy. Um, I was looking, I, I, look, <laughs> he's I, so honest. I, I love I, it. I went to college to party. I'm not going to lie. I was looking forward to, I mean, I'd been at Catholic high, had my hair cut a certain way, wore the khakis and, and ties for four years. Uh, hadn't seen a girl in four years. Uh, I was ready <laughs> to go to college and uh, just, you know, live it up. And uh, I, I, I was all, I mean, I, of course I was interested in radio and television and acting and, and things like that. And communication seemed like a natural fit for me. I figured, Hey, this is going to be great. This is going to be a lot of me standing in front of classes and talking at you and doing oral presentations and not writing and doing research and stuff like that. And it was, and that was, that was perfect for me. I could do that all day long. I could stand up in a class and, you know, half hung over and, you know, give you a, <laughs> you know, give you an exam worthy answer. <laughs> and uh, so it was. It, it worked out. It worked out for me. I love you. All right. Let's. I love your honesty. All right. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, Pool Boy is going to tell us how he got his name, and maybe he'll reveal his real name. <gasps> we'll also get his take on married life, parenting, and what it's like to live in the public eye. You're listening to Up in Your Business with Carrie McCoy. If you miss any part of this show, a podcast will be made available next week at flagabanner.com's website. If you prefer to listen on iTunes or YouTube, you'll also find those links there. Lots of listening options. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy. I'm speaking today with, okay, I can't say local celebrity. How about radio personality? Pool boy from the morning show, Heather and Pool Boy on Alice 107.7 in Little Rock, Arkansas. Let's get up in my biz. Okay, here you go. My biz is cold. The temperature dropped. Big time out there. <laughs> it did. Uh, you said my alarm goes off at 3.20. I get to the radio station at 4.15. Then I plan for the day's show at 6 o'clock. The Heather and Pool Boy show begins, and we go from there. Most people listen for about 10 or 15 minutes during their commute. My job is to make you laugh, get listeners into a good mood for work. So you prep for two hours before the show? Mm-hmm. About what? Well, I mean, all kinds of stuff. There's you have so a lot much- of content. So much goes on between the hours we get off at 10 a.m. till the time we go back on at 6 a.m. I mean, everything happens. Everything happens in in Hollywood, in sports, um, in just in your own community. And so to uh, try to condense all that into, uh, you know, four hours, but, you know, you're really not four hours with music and and stuff like that. So, I mean, you've got to condense it down and find the best stuff, you know, to talk about for that day. And, uh, so I get up, well, first of all, you oh. know, I, I just, I have to wake up, 
you know, and so getting there, I mean, that's all part of it. So it's not like I sit down at four fifteen and then I'm, you know, just doing nothing but research. But it's talking with the other jocks that are there in the station because we're we're part. Of, we've got eight other radio stations in our building, and so oh. there's other people that are there. And so you know, we're talking, and you know, we, we use them as sounding boards for topics or you know something that might have happened to them or um, just. I'll use anything. Um, I'll scour websites. Um, I'll find delicious the audio. The one yesterday use. that Heather used was kind of gross. Which one did she, what did she use yesterday? But I did like the ones about the facial recognition for smiling for cancer patients. That was good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so they've got facial recognition for cancer patients because if you smile, you might get well. And I loved that. That mm-hmm. was a good one. But the one about which way do you wipe? I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I got to turn it off. I didn't even want to know. That's a a real deal, though. Oh, I know. know, So I was like, where do y'all come up with these are real stats? So yeah, so I get there. um, So the alarm clock goes off at three twenty. It's really three ten. I said it for. Fast forward at 10 minutes. So I really got a built in like 10 minutes. Oh. And, uh, but yeah, so I get there at four and then it's just, you know, talking, waking up, drinking a Mountain Dew and uh, getting ready for today's show. Yeah. I can't believe you don't drink coffee. Uh, you know, I'm, Heather and I are rare breeds. I think we're the Heather only. Heather doesn't either? No. We are, I think we're the only two in the building that do not drink coffee. I mean, there are guys there that crush it all day long. I mean, three o'clock, four o'clock in the afternoon, they're still hitting cups of coffee. It's probably why you don't have bad breath. I, that, yeah, I can't stand bad breath. I know. So a good plug for Mountain Dew. It's got a lot of caffeine in it. Mm-hmm. And I allow myself one. That's my one, my one thing you I just, do in the morning. And then that's water usually for the rest of the show. Well, that's really, really good. So some of the things you do this morning, I heard uh, Backstage Betty. I love how you gave all these names for everything. Backstage <laughs> Betty, Last Day Linda, uh, the Miami Vice drink for cruise ships. Uh, yeah, Heather, our our topics range from and Heather's a spirit animal. She says, <laughs> you know, <laughs> our topics can go anywhere and and everywhere, and that's the fun part about the show is that you know while I do try to come up with well, while both of us try to come up with things to to talk about for the day, um, it it can change the uh, a drop of a hat uh, from a caller calling in and and asking a question to something we uh, somebody texts into the show or emails into the show. I mean, any a comment can just steer the conversation in a totally different way and that's what's fun that it's not so scripted and that we can be spontaneous and can have fun with it and i think the audience really appreciates that um you mentioned there that um you know typically somebody that's on their morning commute only has about 15 minutes 10 to 15 minutes to listen to the show because everybody's busy and everybody's got a different routine and it's getting up and it's getting the kids ready or maybe it's not maybe it's just getting yourself ready or you and your husband get out the door or something and so you get in your car and that's that's your time and we just want somebody to get to their destination in the morning with a laugh uh we very Rarely we'll talk about politics or religion or anything like that. Those and, three, yeah. And stay uh, off those, subjects. you know, because we're all in it together. We're all on this morning commute together. And we're, it's just like we're all friends riding in a car together and we're just trying to make the best of it and just, you know, want to, want to laugh and just before you have to go to work and your grind, uh, we just want to get you there in a good mood. That's a great way to say it. We're best friends in the car. We're all in the car together and we're best friends chit chatting mm-hmm. it up. That's a great way to think about it. You talked this morning about the ghost of girlfriends past. I thought that was so funny because my girlfriends and I all got together and we all sat around and said, of all the people that you used to date, 
who would you go out with still? <laughs> and like nobody. <laughs> Most of mine are dead. That's why they're I, exes. Well, because I left them for a reason. I grew up in the 70s. Most of my male boyfriends are all dead. <laughs> Um, so you're going to tell us how you got your name? I got two versions, one from you and one from Heather. Um, well, I mean, it's, it's no secret that growing up, going to uh, Catholic high, I had a job uh, every day after school. I worked in an apartment complex and I, and I did clean pools when I went off to uh, college again, I, I cleaned pools and, and why not? Why would you not clean pools at an apartment complex full of sorority girls? Um, I mean, oh, it was he's just no stupid it, guy. Right. I mean, it just, it made sense. Uh, so, uh, so that was my job. That was on my resume. Cause that's all I had at that point. You know, there wasn't much on my resume coming out of, you know, college and being a bartender and working, you know, some time in property management. And so when I first got to the station, um, I was, like I said, I was willing to do anything and everything. I was a gopher. I'd go do this. I'd go do that. Somebody asked me to do something I'd go. Uh, and so people, uh, I think fondly referred to me as station B word, um, station oh oh yeah which with a b yeah uh-huh. um so th- it was that for a moment but then i uh, as heather and i you know worked together more and more you know she was you know snapping her fingers ordering me to do this and that for her and uh you know i'd feed her grapes or fan her with a palm leaf or something <laughs> like that and then it was just it was just oh pool boy come in here and she'd snap her fingers and i'd get up and jump and you know go do whatever so that that's Kind of I, how, thought, and it stuck. I thought she said one day a lady who used to work with us heard me ask him to get something for me and she yelled, oh, pool boy. Yeah. Yeah. So someone else started, but she took it on. And, and you know, she every, just ran with it. Yeah. Yeah. And the more and more she would snap her fingers and say, oh, pool boy. I mean, it it just stuck, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, love, I love nicknames. So you're going to tell everybody what your real name is or is that a secret? Uh, my name's Adam. That's right. Yeah. Like the first man. The first man. Yeah. <laughs> first man on radio. Mm-hmm. Um, and because you've been called pool boy so much, you know, everybody thinks of you as pool boy. Yeah. It's, you know, it's really, it's really stuck. Uh, you know, people call me PB, pool, um, Mr. Boy. I mean, I've. <laughs> you yeah, had to change your I, checking account. I, I, I did. Um, checking account has changed. Credit cards say pool boy. Because you couldn't like cash checks. Couldn't cash checks. That's right. And I have a DJ business on the side uh, called Sweet Beat Productions. Do you still have that? Uh-huh. Sure do. You know, yeah. you haven't updated your Facebook page since July. Um, so Mark Zuckerberg took my Facebook page away from me. What uh, for? Because he didn't believe that I was pool boy. And they wanted uh, my driver's license, social security card. And I was like, uh-uh, I'm not, I'm not doing this. So that I can't access my Facebook page. So whatever you're seeing on my Facebook page is... Just what's there. I have nothing to do with it. Are you kidding no, me? No, I'm not, I'm not kidding. I have never had anybody say that to me ever. Yeah. So yanked it away from me or I just, I can't get access to it unless I give them social security number and my photo. What ID. were you doing that was out of line? I don't know. I, I, they were, I, no clue. Just because it's in Pool Boy's name. What's wrong with Pool Boy? I don't know. I don't know. Why some band can be named, you know, Portishead Fight the Machine or, or whatever. Or, and yeah. You know, I can't be pool boy. I don't know. So 
I'm not worried about well, it. Well, I am. I'm dying to know why now. <laughs> I'm going to have to do some research and figure that out. That's bizarre. I know. Really, it is. So what does your business do? Uh, so, I, I mean, I'm just a DJ. I'll DJ. Uh, I have a partner, uh, Johnny Jackson. He's on the air right after Heather and I in the morning. And uh, we'll do weddings, parties, fundraisers. How can you do that and go to work at 3.30 in the morning? Well, I typically don't do anything during the week. Uh, I'll do you know weekend stuff, Friday, Saturday nights, if I've got the time or need or want. You are such a hard worker. Well, I mean, it's, I tell you this, it's, um, I feel like it's a privilege to be invited to be a part of somebody's wedding. It is. And I've been at so many weddings where the DJ, well, just plain sucked. Can I say that? Yeah. My bad. Okay. No, you can't. Um, so, and it was just horrible. And that's, you know, a bride, this is the day that she's thought about her entire life. And this day has got to be perfect. And if you want it to be a party, well, you know, I want you to make it a party and I want to help make it a party and I want to help make it great. And I don't, you know, I want to give everybody what they want and I want people, uh, you know, I want to get butts out of the seats. I want people dancing, throwing drinks back. If, but if you don't do that, that's cool too, whatever. Uh, but it's, it's fun and, and I enjoy it. And I like to make that day, you know, be amazing. You are you. like a man with a uterus. He is the most sensitive <laughs> guy I've ever known. <laughs> you are really sensitive. Right now, I want you to tell us your on-air contest for your tattoo and how it happened. Which Didn't one? You? Which one? There's how 12. many you got? There's, what? You have to run a contest every six months? <laughs> no, they're all actually results from, from lost bets. Um, so every time you get drunk and make a bet with somebody, it's about a tattoo? It, Somehow it turns into that, uh, but it's been a while since I've I've gotten one. I mean, it's been probably it's probably been three years since I lost my last bet. Oh, you're growing up. I guess I don't. No, know. I mean, but I'm. I mean, I'm always you know. I guess willing. I guess. What's your okay? Tell us your favorite tattoo story. Um, the Catholic High one. The Catholic High one. I bet uh, the principal of Catholic High that I would beat him in the Rocket Five K. And uh, the loser, if I said if I lost, that I would get a rocket tattooed on my arm as drawn by a girl from Mount St. Mary's. <laughs> and so, show enough, the older principal beat me and I ended up having to get a rocket tattoo and it's now on my forearm or my on my bicep. You like it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love Catholic high. And so, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. The one that bothers my mom is the unicorn in rays of sunshine dancing on a cloud that is on my right butt cheek. I was about to say on your ass. I yeah. Bet. yeah. <laughs> that, that's not her favorite. My favorite, I think is little Caesar that I have on the inside of my arm. That's probably my favorite. What'd or, you How'd you lose that one? Well, that one was, I had a weight loss team and we called ourselves the hot and ready's. And I said, we were losing in this. It was kind of like a biggest loser type of competition where we weighed ourselves every week. And I said, we got to get it in gear guys. I said, every week you guys come in underweight. I will get a new piece of the little Caesar guy tattooed on me. And so they came in, they did their work. They put their time in the gym and they showed up and they didn't, and they lost weight. They didn't gain any. And I'd go back to the, my, uh, my guy at, uh, Nomus tattoos and he would give me a new piece of the little Caesar guy. And little so, Caesar pizza? Little, yeah, pizza, pizza guy. Oh my so God. he's in a little toga. He's got the sphere with two pizzas on it. And every week he'd come back and fill in a little bit more, draw the arm. And you so, could be, so, uh, you could be on, on their commercial. 
You'd think it would give me more free pizzas. You would think so. But it, it doesn't. I mean, I've gone into the restaurant wearing tank tops and everything and just flexing, but nothing. <laughs> nothing. Not even a crazy bread. Right? <laughs> All right. Now we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Pool Boy. He's going to tell us some of his favorite stories, one of which is the story of your first date with your wife and mm-hmm. how you asked your wife to marry you. And then we'll hear a little bit about your new, about being a dad and your son. And we'll get DJ tips on how to get started in the business. You're listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. If you miss any part of this show, a podcast will be made available next week on flagandbanner.com's website. If you prefer to listen on iTunes or YouTube, you'll find those links there as well. Lots of listening options. We'll be right back. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy. I'm speaking today with radio personality Pool Boy from the morning show, Heather and Pool Boy on Alice 107.7, Little Rock, Arkansas. All right. When I first met you, I called you and asked you if you would be a DJ for Dancing Into Dreamland, our fundraiser to try and get an elevator for the Dreamland Ballroom. Uh-huh. And you said, oh, yes, I would just love to. I love dancing. And you told me the story of the first date with your wife. Uh, So... My wife and I actually met, um, we were both on a committee for the Children's Protection Center. That's how, that's how we met. Um, at first, um, I kind of thought she had a little RBF. Um, What's that mean? Resting bee face. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I got to get up in the lingo. Okay. And and so, and I I thought she was kind of standoffish and then... I don't know. We, the more and more we worked together and, and worked on this committee together, we got to know each other. And then, um, I asked her out and she, you know, said no, or had something come up and I, you know, asked her out again and, you know, she said no and something would come up and, and, and then, so I gave it like one last, one last ditch effort. And I, there was other powers working against me. I think, I think she, heard stories about who I was mm-hmm. and, and things like that. And so mm-hmm. I think she, I, so with good reason, I thought she was probably a little, a little standoffish, but I wasn't willing to to give up quite yet. So I knew that if I could, this sounds, this, this is going to sound weird, but I knew if I could get her alone and, and let her see me, I, I knew that she, we, we might hit it off. And, and so I, I wanted to do, uh, have a fun date for us to, for her to get to know me and then, get to see a different side of me than what she probably heard on the radio. And so um, I had some friends at Fred Astaire dance studio where I had taken some dance lessons in the past for a competition, which resulted in me getting a pink unicorn tattooed on my butt. Um, (laughs) Lost that competition to Meredith Mitchell uh, from channel 11. And so that's why I've got that one. Um, And so um, I'd found out that Jenny, that's my wife's name her favorite song at the time was a song called like a G six. 
um, <laughs> which is this, uh, you remember that song. Y'all remember that song? Like yeah, a G6. Everybody's nodding their head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> it, it was just one of those songs. It was just at the moment that's her song. And so I go to my friends at Fred Astaire Dance Studio, Chris and Malia, and I said, what dance would you do to like a G? Cause you can ballroom dance to just about anything. Right. It's just, and, and the, and these dancers know what kind of beat that is. If you've watched dancing with the stars, you know that they dance to anything and everything. And so they worked up a dance for that song. And so I took Jenny to the dance studio for a dance lesson for our first date, for our first date. And, um, we, you know, we got in there and they, I think they put some shoes on her, you know, some dance heels or something. And, um, and then they put on like a G6 and she was like, <laughs> what? And, and it was just, it was just kind of funny. And so there was a laugh there. Um, I got to, I got to touch her, not in like a creepy way at all, but like, you know, you know how it is like when you went out on that first date and you, or maybe it was a second date and you. Uh, ushered the lady in with your hand on the small of her back, or it was, you know, you held hands or you put your arm, you know, you had that moment. And, and I knew that if I could just, I knew that I wanted to touch her, but again, not, and I know it sounds like a creepy way, but I wanted to dance with her. I wanted to hold her. (laughs) Uh And that's what that, it took, what it, that dance lesson just took down all the walls, I guess, kind of between us. And we were just able to be, you know, pool boy and Jenny, Adam and Jenny. And it was just, it was a, a moment that we had and it was, and it was awesome. And that, the rest is history. Rest is history. We've been together ever since, ever since that day. And, uh, it's, we very rarely dance anymore. I was going to say, do uh, y'all still take dance lessons? We don't. Uh, and every now and again, we'll try to remember, uh, you know, our dance to like a G6. You need um, to do that for your anniversary. I know. But so when we got married, we went back to Chris and Malia at Fred Astaire and they choreographed our first dance song. And um, it was to John Lennon's woman. And um, we danced that song to a guy performing it live. Y'all have had him here on KABF, Brian Nolan. Um, he does um, a lot of great music here around central Arkansas. And so he he came up. We never danced to it with him performing it live. And we'd only done it to a CD. He learned the song. He knew the song, but he did it spot on the day of. And we did it flawlessly at our uh, at our wedding. It was beautiful. It worked out. I love it. so. There's your, that's your wedding. That's your wedding dance. So you have two dances. We, yeah, you have your first have, date dance yeah. and your wedding dance. Yeah, we have two dances, neither of which we can remember. <laughs> How long have you been married now? <laughs> uh, it'll be four. It's going on four years. So tell everybody. I read this online. You didn't tell me this personally, but I read online about your proposal. Um. So we, I knew I wanted to marry her, and I was just waiting for the right time, and it worked out. We went to we had a trip planned to Florida and my family was going to be down there um, with us as that's who we were going with. And um, I'd, I'd saved up all this money and I'd gone to sissies and I'd found the perfect ring and my mom helped me. I took my mom. Oh, good. I took my about mom. That. But I, but I, I knew my, my, I knew my four C's now. I mean, I, I'd, I'd researched it. I knew Your about what? four C's cut clarity. Um, what is the other ones? Uh oh, he used to know I did. At the, well, I don't even know him. At the time, I did my, uh, I did, I did my research. I mean, I knew everything, and um, so yeah, look up, 
Look up the four Look C's. Look up the four yeah, C's. Make it, it, yeah. <laughs> Look, everybody's got their phone out. They're like, what are the four C's? <laughs> Cut, clarity, uh, uh, carrot. Carrot, good one. Uh, and, and I, it may be cost. I don't know. Oh, Or cost. cloudiness. I don't know. Anyway. Uh-huh. Um, so, no, clarity would be cloudiness. Aren't yeah, so I did that. And um, I didn't. Four C's of the diamond. I started feeling a, a little... Well, it shouldn't just be my family that gets to be in on this. So I contacted her family and it just worked out that they were able to come down there as well, unbeknownst to my wife. And uh, we went out uh, to have dinner and then we had dinner and we came back to the condo and um, I said, hey, let's let's ditch the rest of the family and let's let's go walk on the beach and, you know, go you know down to the bar down there and get a drink or something. And so we're walking and. Um, and I, I was just, I was looking for a place to do it. There was just so many people around, you know, catching sand crabs at night and, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Kids running off. I was like, oh man, I don't want an audience when I do this. And so th- luckily there was like a house that was being remodeled right there on the beach. And so there was nobody, of course, at that house at the time. So that beach space in front of that house was, uh, was empty. And so we kind of walked up there and I was like, Hey, look at this house. Wouldn't, I mean, wouldn't this be neat if we own this? Blah, blah, blah. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then she looked off in the distance at the, you know, something at the waves. And then when, when she turned around, I was on, I was on one knee holding the diamond and uh, thinking, God, don't drop this in the sand. <laughs> and, uh, and she said, yes. And then uh, she said, well, let's, let's go back and, you know, tell your family, do they know? And I was like, no, they don't know anything. And, <laughs> and what, of course they knew it all. And then, so we get, we get back to the condo and then we come up the stairs and there's her family and my family and it was just, it was awesome. I mean, you couldn't have asked for a, for a better turnout. It was, it was great. Will you marry me? Sure. There you go. Okay. <laughs> I got the four C's. Okay. All right. It is carrot, color, clarity, and cut. Color. Dang it. Cut. Yeah. Cut, not cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are such a romantic. I am. See why everybody loves pool boy. <laughs> I mean, they love it. And you share all this on the radio, I'm sure. Every bit of it. Um, my life is an open book and I share, um, I probably share too much. Uh, but that's, I mean, like I said, you know, we're all in this together. If, you know, if I'm experiencing it, chances are somebody else out there is experiencing it. And I just think it's, it's, it's important to, to share our stories and to connect with our listeners in that way and just, and, and, and share everything. I mean, it's, you know, what I'm, if you want to ask me a question, ask me a question. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to shy away from it. I just, I feel like if my story can help you in any way, then that's awesome. Then that, that's what I'm here to do. And that's really what this show is about is kind of paying it forward. And I think a lot of people, men are kind of uh, shy about talking about stuff like that. I think men are as, as sensitive as women. But I think they're just a little more guarded about showing that sensitivity. You're just wonderful. All right, now, you don't really have to marry me. You're already married. That's against the law, actually. I'm, <laughs> I'm married, you're married, and you're way too young for me. <laughs> I, think I could go to Utah. We could go to Utah. Yeah, and you could get a lot of wives. Sister wives. wives. Sister wives. That's the show. <laughs> so tell us about fatherhood and Henry. Um, Born December 5th, 2015, Henry Samuel. Never wanted kids. Um, in fact, I mean, that was... Well, you were a confirmed bachelor. I was. And now you're married to a girl, mm-hmm. the most romantic man on the planet. Um, now you're a father. Yeah. Um, 
I didn't. I mean, I when when I started out in radio, I mean, that was one of the things that I, I mean, I had to eat crow on this from a lot of our listeners, but I didn't. I, I mean, I, I never wanted kids. The thought of them, you know, scared me. I didn't want anything to do with them. I hated them. I mean, they're, <laughs> all they do is, I mean, they, they, they break stuff oh, and, yeah. you know, and I was, I had other, I had friends that had kids and they weren't as spontaneous as I was. They were, you know, stuck at home or dealing with this or that. And, and everything about it just, you know, scared me. I was just like, oh, just, I'm, what it was is I, I wasn't ready. I, you know, I was, I was young. I was, you know, trying to start my career. I just, I wasn't looking to have kids and I hadn't met the right person. And that's, I just, you know, really and I just, I, I, I just didn't want them. I couldn't see myself, you know, with kids. Then I met Jenny and she wanted kids. And, I, you know, I thought if she's the one to do it with, if, you know, if I'm going to have it and, and I love her and I um, know that it may be difficult to have a, a child, but with her, we'll do it. You know, we'll, we'll do this together. And so I it wasn't so scary anymore. And, um, so we did, we had Henry and he is awesome. I mean, he is the coolest little boy. I mean, ever. Um, my wife is one of three girls. Um, they, and then her sister has two girls. Her other sister has three girls. Um, uh, my, my sister had one child. She's a girl. I mean, so we were, we were, I mean, there was nothing but girls. And then here comes miracle baby Henry along. Oh, he spoiled rotten. And spoiled rotten. And so it's great. He gets to carry on my name. The cousins have a little boy to play with. I mean, it's, um, it's, it's, it's awesome. I mean, it is, um, he is a blessing. He is, he's changed my mind about kids. So when's the next one? Um, Dead silence. That's the first dead well, silence we've gotten the whole hour. <laughs> well, I, I'll, I'll tell you this. And um, two weeks ago, my wife and I had a miscarriage. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I'm not. No, I'm, I'm not. When, we'll talk about it. Um, so we found out that we were pregnant with twin boys and um, we suffered a miscarriage two weeks ago. And so. Um, it's, it's, it's been difficult as you can imagine, but we're getting through it with other people's stories of, of having a miscarriage. It is, you think you're, when it happens to you at first, you think you're alone and you're like, why is this happening to me? Um, what, you know, why us, why, you know, God, why'd you do this? And then your friends and your family, you know, start reaching out to you and you start hearing their stories and you learn that it happens to one in four women and that in it, it, it's, it's, it's sad and people's stories help and it's, and it's therapeutic because otherwise, you know, you're just stuck with your own thoughts. And I was having, you know, thoughts about it, like, or my doubts, what caused this to happen? Because I was worrying that my wife and I couldn't handle having two twin babies with a toddler at home. Did it mean, am I at fault for this? Did I add stress on to my wife? I mean, these are all thoughts 
and emotions that I was, you know, dealing with. And if it weren't for you know, family and friends, and I mean, I even had listeners, uh, you know, reach out to me with their stories and, um, and those, those are, are getting us, are, are getting us through this, this difficult time right now. So if you are going through this, know that you are not alone and that, and that this happens and it's okay to grieve and it is okay to be sad, but know that it, it'll get better. And, uh, and, and all is not lost. That's that a, last week, two weeks ago, we had a psychiatrist on that's the accuser voice in your head that's accusing you of all these things that aren't true. Right. And it's hard to get that voice to stop talking sometimes. It, it, it really is. It, it really is. Well, and it's good advice to realize that, that, it, that every, there are other people going through it for anybody out there that's also going through it. Cause it does happen to a lot of women. It does. And it's not your fault. I mean, unless you're smoking crack, I mean, then straight up, it is your fault. And a lot of those babies are born anyway. Right. You know, but I mean. <laughs> so go figure that out. But for the most part, I mean, it is, it is not your fault, ladies. No, it's not and, your uh, fault, dads. I, I also think, uh, I just read this this morning, that when you are going through pain, like you just talked about, it's better to just let yourself feel it and accept it and grieve with it instead of having these accuser voices just go ahead and put those voices aside and just go ahead and grieve like you said just grieve for the baby grieve for the pain let it wash over you accept it live in the moment and then you'll just grow and learn so much about it uh, so you shared all this on the radio uh, yeah uh, briefly yeah um because i was um absent you know from my job and i i, I felt i owed the you know, audience and explanation of why I was gone. I mean, I'm a part of their life. They're a part of mine. And so I, I, you know, I felt it was only fitting. And again, because I know that somebody else out there was going through it and maybe they didn't have anybody. And so maybe my story helped them a little bit. Mm -hmm. They might not have had a, a mother who had gone through it or a sister or a, a friend and they've got nobody. Mm -hmm not even a coworker. And so maybe they were listening to my story mm -hmm. and maybe that cheered them up a little bit. If just for that moment, just on their way to work. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So you recognized off the air sometimes, and people always say about you that you sound like a bigger person. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the first things they'll, they'll say to me. I my, my voice is fatter. my voice has always gotten me in trouble growing up. You sound and, fat. Just and, go ahead uh, and say it. You sound fat I on do, the radio. I have fat voice is what I've got. I've got fat voice. People say they they be like that's one of the first things they'll say. They're like I I thought you were bigger. And, <laughs> so no, I'm five foot nine, one hundred and fifty five pounds, but my voice weighs three hundred. <laughs> Let me tell everybody that we're not going to take a break, but I just want to tell everybody that you're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy, and I'm speaking today with radio personality Pool Boy from the morning show Heather and Pool Boy on Alice 107.7 in Little Rock, Arkansas. So tell us about how you came to be on the board of the Children's Protection Center. My buddy was on uh, the committee first, and um, he brought me in. He just thought that I would be a good fit. He knew that I 
new marketing and promotions and things like that. And he just felt that I would be a good fit for this. So um, I got to give it up to my friend Gareth Hughes, to, who brought me in on this. And I wasn't always on the board. I, I started out in the committee and I just I, I loved what they were doing. So the Children's Protection Center mm-hmm. is a um, an agency and it's a nonprofit that helps victims and their families heal and move on from physical and sexual child abuse. Mm. So how this works is let's start here in 2016, there were over a thousand cases of reported child abuse in Pulaski County alone. The how children, many? Over a thousand. And that's just what, what's reported. That's, that's, that's just reported in Pulaski County. Mm. The children's protection center was able to see about 254 of those cases. Where the other cases go, there's no telling. So 25% of the cases are on, are seen? Well, they're seen, but maybe through a different agency or maybe it's, you know, it's just handled, you know, by um, you know, police or uh, another, you know, child advocacy agency. Um but what the Children's Protection Center does, it's a complete place for a child to get um, help. Um, this it's a it's a center for where a child can come and they can tell their story one time and have their interview recorded and done by a professional um, child investigator who knows what kind of questions to ask and can help get the full story told when a child does not get this type of, of help, the child could be asked to come back to a place and tell their story two, three, four, five times. Evidence gets lost. Stories get changed. I mean, there can be, there could be, if there's time, family can get involved and coerce children. I mean, you know, all kinds of different things can happen and stories can get, convoluted and and lost in translation. And so the Children's Protection Center is just a, an amazing organization that really you know helps the child and helps the family and can take some of the trauma out of it and can help them find healing and hope. Um and so I'm So the board is trying to get more of them seen. Yes, to get the word out that we have a place like the Children's Protection Center. Is it Center. the Elizabeth Mitchell it is. It is not. It's not. It's just it's simply the Children's Protection Center, the CPC. It's located in the Clark Building, which is a new building on the Arkansas um, Children's Hospital campus. And it's to record the interview the, one time by a professional to be used yes, later in cases. But also there are doctors on hand to do rape kits mm. and do and check these children out immediately. How do you not cry every time you do? Well, this? Here's the thing. That's not my job. And I and I and you applaud the people that do that job day in and day out. And 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 we just had a partners picnic at the center where we invited other agencies that deal in this. We're talking about the detectives, the police officers, the people that you know take the phone calls and hear these stories. These guys are the heroes. Mm-hmm. These guys that this is what they do. They wake up and deal with the most scumbags of the earth. And when I go home, I talk to my wife about, you know, whatever dumb story I talked about <laughs> on the air that morning. These people go home 
and can't even tell their family because who wants to talk about child abuse and the stories that they had to hear and live through that day? It's awful. It's awful. So the Children's Protection Center brings kind of everybody, you know, together and kind of houses them in, in, in this one place and gets everybody kind of moving in the, in the right direction. And uh, the Children's Protection Center is just amazing. And I'm so happy to be a part of it. Now, being on the board, I, you know, my, for what I've brought in, it's to, to help with fundraising efforts and, and do things like that. And of course I help make other decisions about the, about the center, but uh, mainly that's what I like to focus on. We have uh, uh, one really, really awesome fundraiser that we do every year and it's called the dragon boat races there. We do them over in Maumelle at Lake Willistine. They are 46 foot long canoes that hold 22 people in them. Oh and gosh. and we paddle them about the distance of three football fields. And um, it's, it's an amazing day. I mean, if anything, um, Little Rock has got enough um, silent auctions and yeah. crawfish boils and four-man scramble golf tournaments. Yes. I mean, we are filled up on them. And they are awesome. And they do a lot of great things. But we were looking for something different. We were looking for something, you know, different and fun to do that hadn't been done in Arkansas ever before. And dragon boat racing had never been done. We bring a company called Dynamic Racing in and they bring the boats. They have the boats. They have the paddles. They have the life vests. And you just get your team together. Um, businesses, church organizations, neighborhoods, schools, whoever. Put 22 people in a boat and you paddle them. For like I said, three football fields, and, and the you person race that against, wins, and the person and you try that, to win, and you try, yeah, and that's it. And the person with the fastest time ends up winning. We had uh, forty six teams last year. Wow! And um, it was an amazing day. I mean, it goes from eight in the morning to about three. What or time four of year is afternoon. that? Uh, we do this in May. Sounds wonderful. And it is it is awesome. So you come out the night before. We have a big party. There's a stage out there. We have an amazing fireworks show. You come out and you basically set up a tailgate area. Uh-huh. All right. And then you go home after it's over. And it wraps up about 10 o'clock. You come out the next morning, go to your tailgate spot, and we get you out there and we start racing. And it's just and it, it's just an awesome day. And it raises a lot of money. We raised over $162,000 last year all for the Children's Protection Center. And I can't tell you how much of a difference that money makes. That provides counseling for these children. Um, it's, I mean, it, it's it's an amazing. So amazing flag and banner. Do, so it's childrensprotectioncenter.com, mm-hmm. I guess. And, and you've been an amazing sponsor oh, of our you. of our disc golf tournament. We do two fundraisers a year, Dragon Boats and our Rattle the Chains disc golf tournament. And you have sponsored for flag like five years now. Flag and Banner has sponsored a disc golf hole. Well, and we can't least, thank you enough. You're welcome. It's the least I can do. You can go to flagandbanner.com and click on radio show and see the links to everything Pool Boy is talking about. Who's our guest next week, Tim? It's going to be Ed Haddock from the Arkansas Small business administration yeah if you're an entrepreneur or you want to become an entrepreneur he's going to give us tips and a roadmap on how to do that thank you poor boy i cannot thank you enough thank you so much for having me this is wonderful you are a dear and i'm going to see you friday night at dancing into dreamland and coming on the show look what you get you get an arkansas razorback is that a two? Uh, oh, floaty, a floaty. Floaty. Because he's a, a pool boy. Awesome. You're a pool boy. That, that works out perfect. Well, you know, Flag and Banner has that huge Razorback section. And Tim this today said, we've got to give him one of those Razorback floaties. He is the pool boy. And I'll be telling people that if this is for the Razorback basketball team and not that football team. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
That's a topic for another day. We have like three topics we could have talked about today that we did not get to. So I want to tell my listeners, if you have a great entrepreneurial story you would like to share, I'd love to hear from you. Send a brief bio and your contact info to questions at upyourbusiness.org and someone will be in touch. And finally, thank you for spending time with me. If you think this program has been about you, you're right, but it's also been for me. Thank you for letting me fulfill my destiny. My hope today is that you've heard or learned something that's inspiring or enlightening and that it, whatever it is, will help you up your business, your independence or your life. I'm Carrie McCoy, and I'll see you next time on Up In Your Business. Until then, be brave and keep it up. You've been listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. If you'd like to hear this program again, next week go to flagandbanner.com, click the tab labeled Radio Show, and there you'll find a podcast with links to resources you heard discussed on today's show. Carrie's goal? To help you live the American dream.